What's up, Cedar Mill youth? This is the first ever uh, student Cedar Mill student leadership podcast attempt. And yeah. <laughs> so I'm stoked to be here. Um, we'll see if this ever goes live, but if it does, that's what's up. Um, we've been going through a series called Love Over Likes, Pursuing God's Affection Over Digital Temptation. So we wanted to spend some time chatting about um, tech and Jesus uh, with our student leaders. So um, you guys can introduce yourself if you want. Wave at the camera or whatever. Start us off over here. Oh, sorry. I'm Wilson. I'm a sophomore. I go to Westview and uh, I go to Cedar Mill, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, one of the leaders around here. I'm Shailen. Um, I'm a junior and I go to Westview. I'm Ella. I just graduated. And yeah, I'm going to college. <laughs> where do you tell us where? You're oh, I'm going to Corbin. Corbin, ministry to, major to pursue. Oh, I'm getting my MDiv, which means I'm pursuing ministry full time. She's going to be smarter than us. Um, Luke and middle school pastor. Oh, um, my name is Kaisa, and I'm going to be a junior. Yeah, I'm Emery. I'm going to be a junior at Valley Catholic. Um, I'm Jordan. I'm going to be a junior at Westview. I'm Jaden. I work at Jersey Mike's. I'm a junior. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Okay, I'm going to start with one of my favorite questions that came out of our pre-discussion that Emery brought up. Really interesting question. When it comes to tech, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Especially, would Jesus be on TikTok? What do you guys think? Honestly, I 100% think he would definitely be on TikTok, but not in the way you might think. I don't think he'd have his own account. I don't think he'd just have some TikTok account that says, like, Jesus Christ or something. He'd have, like, I think people are going to be, like, recording his sermons and stuff and, like, following him around and, like, posting him everywhere, maybe podcasts and stuff. But, like, almost, I'm not going to compare TikTok to the Bible at all, not even the same thing, but... Kind of in the way, like, Jesus didn't directly write in the Bible, but people recorded him and what he did. I think it would be just like TikTok. Yeah. 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 That's good. I think maybe, like, he would just because he would use it, like, as a platform to reach out to, like, as many people as possible. Because, like, in his his teachings and his sermons, he didn't, like, reserve out the Moda Center and only have this amount of seats available. Like, he just did it in the middle of a field and as many people wanted to could come so like i feel like in his mind he wants to just reach out to as many people as possible so like tiktok could be a perfect platform for that but it could like go south and i don't know You, you brought the question up, Emery, and I thought you had some good points. What do you think? I think it's just important to look at what Jesus' priorities were um, through the Gospels, but also to realize what that would look like now. Um, would, it, would he have made a priority to scroll on TikTok all day? Most definitely not, is what I believe. Um, but would he have made a priority to reach the lost 100%? So I think that it can look like yes and no, um, but probably no how teenagers use it. He would not use it in the same way. I think also, like, he, in the Gospels, he goes to the most worldly places to preach the Gospel, and TikTok is one of those worldly places. Um, So he would go to TikTok because that's where he's going to find the most lost, the most lonely, um, the most broken people. 
um, and just tell them about him and what he has in store for them. You guys talked about, we don't, well, we won't name the person, but you said there was a celebrity that caught some flack. Unpack that a little bit. Well, um, yeah, one of the celebrities on TikTok, um, she kind of talked about um, this statement, what would Jesus do, and kind of um, said that Jesus would not um, stay like he was in the Gospels and in the Bible, but he would evolve with the times and um, what the world is doing today. And um, what I believe is that he would not evolve with the times because what the times are doing right now is um, very worldly and very against the Bible. Um, and God was never against the Bible. He always um, put the Bible first, and that's like his word. So um, for him to evolve with the times would be going against his own word um, and against his own uh, book. And so it just it goes against all the things that he says in his own book. Yeah. Something you guys mentioned was like that Jesus didn't go with the times in his own time. I thought that was a really good point. It's not like... Would you just go with the times now? Well, did he go with the times then? No, he was like hated for not going with the times. For sure. For sure. And something that comes to mind is like that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And like our culture is constantly changing, but there's things about him that totally don't go with our culture that he stays true to. Right. Yeah, like he's eternal, therefore he's permanent, therefore he's constant. Yeah. That's what also, like, made Jesus stand out is that he was different and that, like, he is the same. And, like, we are constantly, like, moving with trends and, like, constantly changing in our culture and society. And, like, he's just the same. And he's, like, himself and, like, he doesn't change. And so I think that's also why Jesus doesn't, like, like, he just, he sticks out. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't change. So, yeah. That's yeah. why he hits different. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he he went with the times, but he also went against them, and that's kind of, like, why he's loved so much and why he's hated so much, because some people, they're just, like, go with the flow, do everything that everyone else is doing, and so they didn't like Jesus's like, mentality, but other people are, like, I like this guy's point of view and how he doesn't just do everything like everyone else. He actually wants to be himself, which is, I think, why people loved him so much, but obviously some people didn't. Well, until the world is sinless, Jesus' teachings and the Bible is going to continue to make people uncomfortable. And I think that that's important to note that our imperfections are real. And when truth is brought to those, it is going to bother us. And we just got to kind of lean into that and understand why that conviction is coming up. Hmm. In the sermon series, I talked about how, how tech is not a neutral tool. Um, and how the billion dollar tech industry has motive, unlike a hammer, which is truly a tool, has no motive, it can be used to build a house or it could be used to hit someone in the head, right? But tech is, is, um, has motive for us to mine our attention. Uh, and I guess people have like heard that through, through like documentaries like Social Dilemma and stuff. Um, do you guys feel that? Do you feel like tech has negative motives for your life? 100%. You just look at the ways that it has taken people's joy and just the the way they promote things to you, the way they listen to things that you say, even if it's take away the whole creepy aspect of it, it's used to continue to get you hooked and continue to make you to crave certain things that aren't natural for you to crave outside of technology and outside of 
um, things that aren't obviously biblical or godly. It's the things that the enemy wants to focus on and highlight. And I think that's used through tech, yeah. And like the the billion dollar tech company, like you were saying, their main goal is just to get money and to suck your attention. And that's and you mentioned this in one of your sermons about how like the app says it's free, but it's really not free because it just it takes up all your time and it costs you time and like ment- a mental state. Like it can really ruin someone's mental health just be from like being on TikTok for too long. And that's like their goal. They just want like your attention and your money. So it's that's. Do you guys think that your peers are are like aware of this um, this thing that's happening, or do you think it's go with the flow, or do you think that they're like, honestly, I don't care, like exploit my attention? Honestly, it's like I kind of like what you just said at the end. Like we all know that we shouldn't be doing it, and yet we still scroll for like two hours at a time. Like we know that they're just mining our attention and our 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 mentality, but we still go back to it every day. So, I mean, I've been there. Me and Danica used to always say what do i care if alexa's listening yeah. like so i've been down that path where i'm like i don't care if they know that i'm looking at like certain slippers like <laughs> no i think a lot of teenagers just don't want to look at the effects because they don't want it to again make them uncomfortable so they they can understand that it might be a problem but in order if you're going to take steps to fix it, you have to recognize the problem. And I think that's what a lot of people just want to avoid is just recognizing it. Well, and I also think that um, tech is also a place where we try to find like joy and we try to find the help that we need. Um, and so like we say like, oh, like social media and technology is a problem, but and then we just go back to it for our help. And so it kind of like it works in all different ways, but in the wrong ways. Yeah, it's like a Band-Aid fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it almost works. I mean, it, it's kind of a Band-Aid for like, oh, I won't have connections with people if I'm not on my phone. But that's like a really wimpy replacement for real connection, you know? So, I don't know, do you ever have like FOMO or whatever, you know, when you're scrolling and you're like, you're disconnected, but you still feel connected because you see it? <laughs> well, that's because it's just comfortable. Like, yes. our generation loves to coast on comfort. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just... Like, even with, like, putting on, like, religion or anything, like, they don't want to even, like, talk about it because it's, oh, then I have to actually think past, like, the next thing. Like, I have to think, oh, wait, my life, it can impact others. Like, oh, my actions have consequences. People don't like that. Yeah. And so, like, even, like, technology could be, like, at one of the many root causes, like, of avoidance and like our generation just seek trying to seek like contentment in like nothing so do i hear you right you're saying like it's like almost uncomfortable to be alone with your thoughts yeah and so they want to avoid it by like scrolling for hours yeah that's really good um i i agree i think i think social media kind of gives us like a false sense of community Mm. like it kind of like I don't know, like, like you said, like you're scrolling and kind of get like a sense of FOMO from it. Like, like you see what everybody else is doing. So you're kind of like in their community, but then you're also like yeah. not because you're like actually like separated from it. You're just like seeing everything everyone else is doing. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I wanted to talk about how, even though it's a negative tool with, with a negative bent, um, Emery, you brought up in our pre-convo that it can be positive 
Jaden, you're a living example of a way in which social media was positive. Um, like, do you want to share a bit about that? I think that'd be sweet. I guess back in middle school, I mean, I think everyone here has pretty much heard my testimony, but I was not a very good person. I hung out, you know, with the bad, bad crew and stuff, but quarantine happened. School ended early and we went into, you know, quarantine and no one could see each other. And I heard about TikTok. I just downloaded it one day and I was just scrolling for weeks on it and wasting hours on it. So there had a bad effect on me, you know, it was, I was just, my mind was just glued to it like it was the matrix or something and then one day i was scrolling and i came across an unusual video on this guy who was pretty much like sharing what it's like to be a christian and he pretty much shared the gospel and stuff and by the end of it i was like if that's what it's like to be a christian i'm not a christian at all and i you know got me thinking and i decided to just pray to god and i guess it just felt like really good and that was just the beginning i guess of a seed just growing inside of me that after like two months, I finally gave my life to Christ, but it was because God planted that video on my TikTok page that yeah. it started everything of a chain of events. Yeah. So good. Three years later, I'm yeah. sitting here doing a podcast with you guys, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mentioned this earlier, but Galatians 5.13 is for you've been called to live in freedom, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but to serve one another in love. And although TikTok, social media, Instagram, whatever, whatever it is, um, it is filled with evil to a certain extent, but there are people who see it as a good platform that um, they are able to partner with God in that. And I think that's a perfect example of how you can still be reached. Um, but also that when you are in that bubble of social media on technology, whatever it is, it is isolating, which can be super dangerous, but can also be a super vulnerable state where God can meet you, but it is also where the enemy can meet you in a completely horrible environment. So yeah, there definitely are two opposite poles of where that can swing. And so I actually wanted, I was going to ask you to talk or speak to this a little bit, Emery. Like you have used social media in a positive way to reach others. Um, you've gained like a small following, right? Do you want to just share a bit about like what, how God has used social media in your life? Yeah, um, I think um, social media, in my in my eyes, social media has two different aspects of it. There's a creating side and there's a consuming side. Um, the creating side, I think, is a beautiful thing, um, which is where I am able to um, explain the things that God has stirred up inside of me and um, post them just randomly whenever I feel the need. And I am able to just completely, the way I look at it is just putting it in God's hands. He's the one who decides where it goes, who gets to see it. Um, so it's just been a beautiful thing to just watch the things that God has planted in my mind and see how it can relate to others, how it can help to others. I've had 10 to 15 people probably in the past year and a half that I've been doing TikTok and Instagram things basically just say that having seeing my page, seeing my videos constantly has brought them to Christ, brought them closer, brought them back and just... Um, yeah, it just reminds me that even in such a dark environment that, that that is a light and that God is going to eventually use social media to be a light. And it's just, it's needing to have that spark get brighter. Well, because I've like, even when I was doing this series, actually, I kept thinking of you, like, because there are some people that would advocate like Christians shouldn't even be on it. It's such an evil platform. They should just stay off of it. But um I don't know. I love what I love the the how you talked about the difference between creating and consuming. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually a super helpful thing. Right, and I think what it is is as Christians, as we coexist in the world, um, 
apart from tech, we are always going to have to set restrictions for our bad desires that are inside of us. We're always going to have to say, here's the line that I draw. And um, if we're able to do that in the world, we should be able to do that with technology, which that can look like screen time restrictions or just taking time off apps, maybe not having certain apps and just understanding uh, your own convictions that God has put in you and understanding what you need to do to help your relationship with God, um, which doesn't mean for everybody, no social media. Some people, social media can be an impact like Jaden. So I think it's important to realize that everyone's situation can be different in some sort of way. Yeah. And touching on, like you said, um, like some Christians believe that we should be totally off social media. Um, I think like God calls us to share the gospel with the world. Um, and if we were totally isolated from the world in our own little city, like all, if every Christian was in this one city and every other part of the world was in every other part of the world, um, there wouldn't be no sharing of the gospel and no one would ever come to Christ again because the Christians aren't sharing it with them, which is why I think it is important to set those restrictions for yourself with technology, but also use it as a platform to share it with other people. Um, it just has to be in a careful way and, you know, setting those restrictions. That's good. Um, yeah, so during the course of the, of the youth series, we actually talked about, like, adding things to our lives and cutting certain things out of our lives. So like, uh, like things like memorizing scripture or, um, taking fasts. Right. Um, and we were all just kind of talking about how we all have a longing in our soul, a desire in our soul and how some people would say, maybe like the Buddhist faith would say to deny all longing, but actually in our hearts, we have an eternal longing and we, there is longing to be satisfied, but it's just not going to be satisfied on tech. Um, and we have this opportunity as a Christian community to like show an alternative way of living. That's like, you don't have to be connected via screen. You don't have to like waste away your life. Uh, like during the series, I talked about how you spend like eight years of your life on your phone if you meet the average, but there actually is a truly an alternative way of living. And I was just going to ask you guys about like practical steps, right? Um, things that you can do to live in an alternative way in a culture that's like kind of consumed by tech. Um, is there anything that you guys do practically to like gain perspective or to get distance or yeah? Um, <clears throat> well, as far as, you know, technology goes and limiting myself, this is just a personal thing. But something that's helped me lately is I turn my phone into my dad at like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And it's like, then I can't be on my phone until like 12 in the morning or however late I'm staying up. Yeah. It limits, you know, what I can do, access I have to things. And, and it like, I guess it gets me back into reality. So I can almost detox my brain for a few hours and gives me an opportunity to get into scripture or um, even maybe hang out with friends like in person, you know. It's just like a great opportunity to get into the actual reality that we live in. It's good. I think for... Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think for me, like, I've noticed a huge difference when I, um, when I wake up, I don't look at my phone and I leave it on my desk or wherever it is. Um, I usually charge it outside of my room for that reason so that I'm not tempted to go on it in the morning, but... Instead of doing that, um, either reading 
like even if it's the smallest um, scripture, just reading some kind of scripture always um, helps me and it kind of sets the day right and in God's hands. Um, and also praying helps too. And I've also noticed um, recently just instead of listening to worldly music in the morning when I'm getting ready, I listen to worship music. Um, and that also sets my mind straight because um, you're listening to things for God instead of listening to things against God and um, for the world. And it just kind of sets your mind for the day and sets your mind towards God and not towards the world. I think Nick mentioned something about, like that at camp, how like we don't need to charge our phone by our bed. It's kind of like a weak excuse saying like, but what if somebody calls me in the middle of the night? Just like leave your ringer on and, and charge it like at the door or something. Yeah. So then you're not... When you wake up, it's not the first thought is just, what's happening? What did I miss while I was sleeping? Because that's just like a really unhealthy thing to live by. So like Shannon said, to like wake up, grab your Bible on your on your nightstand and just like read a chapter of John or something. Just to like start your day off in a positive mindset. And it like gives you a good outlook on what's what the future holds for like that day. And just that can change the most. Something I was also going to add is um, a lot of the time our excuse when we don't read the Bible in the morning during the school year is that we don't have time in the morning, there's not time. But if you think about it, what we do in the morning before school is we get on our phone and we scroll through TikTok or we scroll through social media before we get up and get ready. And that time could be used to read your Bible, pray, or whatever it is you need to do. Um, so it's just setting your, um, setting your morning straight and putting it in a place where you can be ready for a day of living for God. So good. Well, this summer, like, I was a camp counselor, so I didn't have my phone, like, all summer. And it was great because, like, I had to learn how to use an alarm clock. And I was like, or, like, a watch. And, like, even when I go home and, like, now, like, I'm still going to use my alarm clock. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's such a simple thing, but, like, you don't have to use your phone so nice. to, like... Yeah. And then you can immediately just, like, reach your Bible instead of reaching your phone. Yeah, and it's, like, even, like, setting, like, having a physical thing to, like, press the thing. I don't know. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. How long were you without your phone again? Um, almost three months. From, like, June to now, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to say, too, is one thing, this is more just advice, but it can be practical, too, is just be honest with yourself and be honest with God about where you're at. Um, when it comes to technology, because it's really easy to brush it off because it seems so normal. Everyone spends X number of hours on their phones. Um, but to realize that when you follow Christ, you are called to a higher standard and God wants more for you. So just being honest with him and allowing him to meet you in that. And I think there are a lot of pro everything we've shared is because of God meeting us in that, like Shailen was saying, just not picking up your phone first thing in the morning because God's word is more important, like setting our priorities in that way, um, but also realizing that we might mess up and there are temptations. So just recognizing that and then walking into better steps. I have something to add. I think like just practicing being intentional and being in physical community helps a lot with like not being on your phone. Like if you're being intentional about like being with your family and being with friends or like just making plans and just doing things like also just helps a lot with like not being on your phone if you're like intentionally like focusing on not being on your phone like being out of like the presence of your phone and just being in the presence of people and just like actually like being present with 
other people is like a really good thing to focus on to try and like not be on your phone all the time. Yeah. For sure. I was gonna. I was going to, like, mention this earlier, but it kind of ties back to what we're saying. But, like, technology is really good from, like, a Christian standpoint to an extent. Like, like it's great. It's a good platform to, like, share the gospel and watch other people share the gospel to you and gain new perspectives on things that you haven't thought about yet. But, like, it, when it gets to the point that that's your first resort to anything and it's just endless hours of, like, scrolling like going through social media that's when it gets to an unhealthy point in your life and where then it's not a good platform it ends up just hurting you mentally and physically even and socially most importantly because when you're when you're so consumed by it you you don't even look up to see who's around you especially if you're in like a if you're in a a community where everyone is always consumed then no one even tries to stop you and it's just endless so if we can be like the person that that gets other people to lift their heads up and actually like engage in a conversation i think that can be really good for us yeah well which leads me to like my the next thing i wanted to talk about which was there is there is like a time when we all together don't have our phones which is camp nick you talked about the bus ride home i thought you could share share that yeah yeah so i mean camp is so powerful because we roll in there and as a community we decide to disconnect from technology and that causes not only us to be present but the people around us to be present with us and we're not we're not insecure about somebody taking a picture of what we're doing if we're doing a silly game we're not worried about responding to anything and before you know it we're like, why did I experience God at camp? And it's probably because the distraction was was eliminated. So driving home on the bus, the kids got their, their phones back. And you could feel like this tension that like arose and went through the bus where people were like, well, back to reality. I guess this phone is just going to start calling the shots in my life now as they're just kind of scrolling. It was just kind of sad to, to see the students kind of just take on this identity that that's just the life that they have to live when dude camp life is actually pretty accessible um so yeah when you said that i was actually thinking about like the amount of demands that must have met students in that moment mm-hmm. missed texts that mm-hmm. that maybe weren't even all positive yeah like they come back from camp and now they're met with like a flurry of like maybe drama or what they missed out what on they yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say too Um, a moment that happened at camp and I've just been thinking about it. Um, On our third night, me and a couple of my friends, we were waiting outside before session and um, God had just been really faithful and just good to us overall. And we just, we started to worship and um, I don't even know, countless people joined in, probably 60 people. Um, And we were just all pouring out to God before session even had started. Um, And then when we came in, we had a lot of cool moments and this was just a continued tradition. Um, And what this was teaching me is that in every moment, um, Jesus is worthy of our praise. And I think that if a phone would have been put in that situation, we would have made the excuse of just sitting there and waiting. We would have said, oh, we're too tired. Oh, we're about to go in and worship. It's fine. This moment can just, we can just dive into our phones. And so I think being without that made this beautiful opportunity for us to join into community and to be able to pour out our praise to God even more. And I think, like, kind of like what Nick said, like, in that situation, a lot of people would have been scared that, like, 
No, but what if somebody videos, like, that's embarrassing, but people were really just engaged with each other and in the community with God and incorporated in that, and especially in that time of worship, it was like, well, I wasn't there, but it, um, I'm, people were, I'm, I'm guessing, people were probably, like, really, like, engaged in the moment because they didn't have this, this rectangle in their pocket that they were just mentally thinking about mm. and scared of. Mm. And there's a, there's a sense of joy that comes from that too. Like not having your phone, like Emery was um, saying, like if we had our phones, we would just be on it. We wouldn't be worshiping. Um, but the fact that like we come together in community and worship together um, instead of like being tempted on our phones and just having that away from us is kind of like what like what's available in the world right now we just we can't see it because technology is so um tempting and like that's all we see when we um go into the world that we can't see past it and so like that's just like a good realization that like we can have that if we go for it and we strive for that but if we don't then um it's just going to lead right back to technology and right back to um depression and all that stuff um, kind of going back to what Nick said about like the bus ride back home like I remember like them giving us like our phones back on the bus and I was like oh like I really don't want to get back on this thing and then like as soon as I got back on it and like the like the, my I don't know we were we got back like data zone or whatever I don't know yeah. what it's called but um like I got like a really negative text from like a friend and I was like wow like that just really like made my heart sink and like yeah. it was so nice to like just be off the phone for like five days and like not have like any pressures or negative texts or demands from anybody and it was like as soon as all those texts started coming in it was like I just felt like so demanded from and it's like if you're just off your off your phone and like just keep it away from you for a little bit and like all those demands are kind of like just away and like you can just rest in the presence of God so good and with that dude you should share that that quote the mirror and the window quote I think that's a that's a good point because like when we aren't on our phones we're like setting the culture and people's experience of us is completely different than it's like otherworldly, you know, and that kind of point, it's like a signpost to heaven when somebody goes, why are you so present in line at Safeway? It's like, cause I don't have my phone, you know, it's a, so yeah, the mirror windows. Yeah. Philip Yancey has a quote and it says like, so often the world is busy um, holding up or the, sorry, so often the church is busy holding up a mirror to the world, reflecting the world back to itself. What he means is like, so often we just operate, the way the world does. Yeah. But he says, instead of holding a mirror, the church should be a, a window into an alternative reality. And that if people could see like, whoa, this is like that song we sang at camp. This is living now. Like, dude, life off of tech, this is like really living. Like we think that these the tech is like a way of living, but it's like off of tech is a way of living. Um, and I was thinking like, we're kind of we're kind of hitting on this, but getting physical distance from your phone. What was that you said beforehand, Kaisa, about like, um, like you, staying out of the presence of your phone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, just if yeah. you want to talk, talk, speak to that. Oh, um, yeah. I think like just being like away from your phone and just like not having it like physically near you is just like so relieving and like there's just I don't know there's a pressure that like I feel like when my phone is in like my presence and like when I wake up in the morning and like my phone is like right next to me and like. I need to get on it and like there's all these things that like come at me from my phone and like when you have it like physically away from you like you can just kind of rest and like you don't have to be like you don't have to have like all these demands like coming at you and like 
you can just like rest in the presence of God and just like be with him like without like any like demands from like yeah. like your phone or like the pressure of it like being there. Does anyone else feel that? I think you said like beforehand, even when it's off, it just has this presence about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally feel that. Like you guys can probably relate to this, but if you're like studying for a test or something, if it's just like face down on the desk next to you, you just get no work done. And it's so hard to like be productive when it's just there, you know? Yeah. Or like when you have your phone down, it's on the counter or something, and like you hear something that might sound like it vibrating or like your ringtone, and then you're like, so that, and then you go up and chuck it immediately. It's like our, yeah. our brains are wired to want it and to crave it, and it's like so weird that something so small, if it was just like a tap on the screen, we'd be like, someone texted me. Like that we're that dependent on it is kind of. It's just, it's kind of crazy how, like, you just get that feeling, like, oh, someone's texting me, I need to go check my phone right now. But, like, really, you don't. Yeah. If you guys ever experienced yeah. the letdown of when you get to your phone and no yeah. one has? Yeah. 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 You're like, I've been away from it for five hours. I bet I have so many texts. Yeah. And then you're like. Or it's like a it's like a text from like a random company just like asking yeah. you, like, here's the deal of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something that you talked about, Emery, was how social, how tech and social media has really stolen the growth of a of mm-hmm. of young people. Um, and I mentioned how, like in the gospel, it says that Jesus grew in stature, wisdom, stature, wisdom, stature in relationship with God and man, mm-hmm. and how social media prevents us from doing this. Yeah, I don't know. You were talking with your parents about it, right? Yeah. So uh, just basically, what it is is um, when we spend time on phones, we are stuck in a kind of a time area and what's happening with gen z and millennials is that when they get to the age where they are um now needing to be an adult and their youth their prime years are needing to be over they aren't mentally prepared because they have not spent the amount of hours and time in the world just experiencing young people things because they're experiencing it through others through fomo and just sitting there on their phones wasting away hours and hours the statistics says that the average person spends nine years on their phone. And if you relate that, we have 18 years of childhood um, and that's that's a lot. So um, just realizing that, yeah, we are wasting time. Um, so, and that's what sparks the idea of, would Jesus be on TikTok? Would he have used his short time that he had on earth to just, oh, take a break. Let's just- Which was actually only like, only like 30 something years. Yeah. You know, exactly. what if Jesus had spent nine of them like wasted on a screen. I was thinking of um, the the last question I wanted to hit on as we are kind of wrapping up. Um, maybe I have, I have two more. One is more serious. One's a fun one, but we'll start with the more serious one. Um, if you can think back on your younger self when you first received your phone, is there any advice that you wish you could pass along? Don't take it. Don't take it. Don't take it. Don't do it. Trade it for a flip phone. Trade Um, it for a flip phone. I would say, like, to my younger self, like, I, I when I first received my phone, like, I was kind of lonely, and, like, I had kind of, like, first moved here, and, like, I was kind of like, oh, like, I don't really have very many friends, so I was constantly checking my phone, constantly texting people, trying to, like, make friends, and, like, trying to, like, kind of, like, earn attention from people, and, like, now that I, like, do have, like, like more like I have like more friends and like I have like a social life now like and I'm constantly receiving like texts like I know it's more of like (laughs) it's more of like I don't know I feel like there's like more pressures that come with it and like I wish I would have just would have just like enjoyed more of like not 
like having like that pressure there I guess like because I was I was like constantly like wanting like more attention from my phone and like Mm -hmm. I wish I would have like kind of enjoyed that and like just spent more time with God instead of like on my phone similar to that um like my parents didn't let me have a phone until about eighth grade um or a freshman of high school I can't remember um and I wasn't allowed to have social media until I was a freshman in high school um and I always complained my complained my middle school years of not being able to have those things because everyone around me did um and I just felt so out of the loop and um I didn't know like what people were doing and I just I didn't feel like um like, I felt like the community was coming from technology, and I wasn't in that community. Um, and now, looking back at that, I wish I had spent more time in the community and kind of just, like, being happy without a phone. Um, because those were the good years of, like, not not having the temptation of a phone and not having the temptation of social media. Um, and I think we look back at our childhood and we're like, oh dang, like, I wish I was a kid again, I wish I, um, like, didn't have my phone, and, like, like, we were just, like, playing outside, like, you'd go and play in the dirt, um, but we can still, not in the same sense that we'd go out and play with dirt, but, like, we can, we can still have that kind of, like, um, childlike life, um, in a sense, if we let ourselves have it, um, and so I think, like, just putting yourself in that, um, mindset of having a childlike, life yeah. yeah I feel like I can relate to that a lot like growing up with older sisters and being the youngest everyone around me was just always on their phone when I was like mm-hmm. at that age where I was like I didn't have it but everyone else did so it was I I guess I had early stages of FOMO because I was I was what are you guys doing right now what are you doing on your phone is oh what does that do so I, I was like really curious but kind of kind of angry because I wanted to be like in on that but now, like you said, looking back on it, I'm like, I wish I had just played outside with the neighbors a couple more times than I did. Instead of now, it's just like, I have this and I can, I, I don't, I don't play in the, in the cul-de-sac. I don't play basketball with my friends anymore. I just, it's, it's always, it, I don't know, it's like a time consumer. And I miss like being able to just play without having to worry about it. Yeah, I'm getting a bit vulnerable here, but I remember the first time I ever got an iPad, I was in like fifth grade. I was so excited to get it. Got like my my own personal iPad. I can watch YouTube. I can play like little games and stuff like Angry Birds and like Subway <laughs> Surfers and stuff. All right. That, that was like fifth grade. By the time sixth grade started, I was addicted to porn. That's what it did to me. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing that, dude. Yeah. Um, any wisdom from the graduating senior on that? What would you say to your younger self? Um, I would tell her, like, what is going to satisfy you? Like, are you going to be filled by, like, what your phone or, like, what technology is giving you? Or even friends. I can go to anything. Are you going to be satisfied by Jesus? Yeah. Like, when you give up, like like even just technology in general can bring so much fear and anxiety like it made me so much more insecure Mm -hmm. but when you like set it aside and you're like you know what i want my identity centered in jesus i want him to fill me i don't want this world to fill me Mm -hmm. then your life changes and like you can't share the gospel to people unless you're experiencing it yourself and you have to be like filled by jesus like Mm -hmm. when i was this summer like i 
if I had my phone, there would have been a lot of kids who have not come to know Jesus. And I, because I was cut off from the world and that discipline, I was able to like, when I was struggling, I was fully able to like, hey God, I can't do it on my own. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to, like, fully, like, you need, like, a little waterfall on me. Because, <laughs> like, I need to be, like, overflowed so I can overflow into other people. Like, as Christians, we're called to be light. Yeah. We're called to be different and, like, set apart. So that means, like, overflowing love on people. Overflowing that they're, like, what is that? Maybe it is by just not being on your phone and just actively having, like, an intentional conversation with someone. Maybe it's just by, like... I don't know. I mean, that's just be intentional, guys. It's like if I could give you one word of advice or even myself, like be intentional. And that's how people come to know Jesus. It's not by screaming on like the sidelines, like or even going on TikTok and like saying like, this is how you do it. Sometimes it works, but most of the time it's by like intentional conversations and like letting people feel seen. They don't feel seen through a screen. They feel seen by someone's eyes staring at them, saying, like, I love you. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, about, like, how Jesus goes against the flow, and he is intentional. Right. I was going to say, too, Ella, you remind me of something that I've just been thinking about recently. It's how a lot of people have faith without action, which is where they just, you know, the type of Christian who's, I love Jesus, Jesus loves me, like, um, I want to build his kingdom, but everything in their life reflects the world um, and they don't want to change their ways. But I think oftentimes um, for people who do walk with faith, um, we have to be careful about having action with no faith, right? Where we are in a cycle of wanting to better other people's faith that we forget about our own because if we are, if we're just kind of, we just have a dry well inside, there's no overflow, right? So it's super important to be able to not get distracted and to keep our own faith up because that's, that's what Jesus ultimately wants first. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, we are about to reach our 45-minute mark. Um, but I wanted to end with this question, and I don't know where I've landed on it yet. So I don't know if there's a right or wrong. If you could push a button that would explode all smartphones... Um, and, oh, no. <laughs> and the and the blueprints. If you could eliminate all of it, maybe we should take out the word explosion because I don't want anyone getting hurt. But if yeah, I mean sure, flip phones. But if you could go back to two thousand eight and destroy Apple and ruin the smartphone, if you could go back in time and make smartphones not a thing, would you do it? Yes. I think I would. Yeah, I feel like we don't need it. Like, really, all that you need is to be able to call your parents if you need something. Like, that's really all you really need to do. Yeah. Like, like a pager or something. Yeah. It's like, we don't, like, yeah. Yeah. We don't need all the extra fanciness. Yeah. We All we really need is, like, be able to text someone if you need to get to talk, contact them. Be able to talk to them if you really need it. But it really isn't something that you absolutely need. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, I would push the button because yeah. it feel like it just takes away so much that we could be using in other ways. No FaceTime? Yeah. Think about what Jesus got done in his, like, three years with his ministry. He didn't have any phones. What was that? What Jesus got done in, like, his three years, like, yeah. with his ministry. He didn't have a phone. He didn't have any of that. And I mean, look what he did. Yeah. With, his, with his disciples. Yeah. He commissioned his disciples yeah. to go out. What I think about, like, 
also interesting is um, like when we didn't have phones, we were writing letters. And in this time today, getting a letter is like very like I think we can all relate to this. It's like very fun. It's like yeah. it's like joyful. You're like opening something. You're like, oh my gosh, someone wrote this. Someone took their own time to write this and like send it out. I think like that can come with like the joy of like not having technology. It's like the joy of getting a letter from a real life person. Mm-hmm. But like technology kind of takes away the joy from that. Yeah. It's just like getting a text from someone is it could be meaningful in a way, mm-hmm. um, but it's so much more meaningful when it's intentional. Um, like a letter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be super cool for like a movie plot. You know, yeah. when like something gets ripped away from everyone and then there's like two weeks where they're all like, oh, I hit it, I hit it. And then they're like, oh, this is not that bad. And then the whole world changes. And I feel like that's yeah. what that would be is because there are a select group of people like us here who do realize that there is an issue. Um, but there's so many people out there who just ignore it. So I think it would be really cool to push the button and just mm. let it run. There's like a big difference though between pushing a button now that destroys it all in today's yeah. age and going back in time and never creating it. Oh. Because if people yeah. know what they're missing out on, like now, if you were to press the button <laughs> and explode, they would go crazy. Yeah. But like, if it never was a thing, life would just be normal. Yeah. Yeah, I also feel like if we went back, it wouldn't have that impact than yeah, it no. would like i feel it like would. if we pushed a yeah. button and it all just disappeared that would have such an impact on how people live their daily lives right. that, that it would like bring people to other things like god the reality is though that we can't push a button and we yeah. can't change yeah. it so how are we as christians going to be a light in our culture today yeah like what are we going to do like even though we're just like a couple like I'm 19, but, like, I guess a couple kids, like, like, you know, like, as Christians, this is what we get to do, which is so absolutely exciting that we get to be, like, we get to go out and be, like, you know what, even though this world sucks, and, like, how technology has, like, brought a lot of pain, we get to be here, we get to be, like, yo, Jesus is over here, and he can give you contentment that you want, because, like, our generation that's what they're seeking and you know what's cool about that like even though they're like trying to go through like all this meaningless steps in life like they want contentment and if you just show them who jesus is in that like real authentic way they'll take it i feel like kind of connecting to what you're saying sorry but (laughs) like i just thought of this but technology is what we use to like fill our craving Mm -hmm. Like, we're, we're craving for something, and we, we use technology to fill that when really we should be using God and the gospel to fill that. So we're, like, it's taking up all of our lives, but to do that, like, swap, and instead of that, have it be, like, Jesus and his, like, teachings and everything, that would be, like, a big change, and that, that would work for the better, I think. Yeah. Um, to add on to that a little bit, I think, like, I, I think I would push the button, but at the same time, like... I also kind of wouldn't because like if we didn't have social media, if we didn't have the smartphone, if we didn't have like this really bad thing that God could like turn and like use for the better like now because like I don't know like we I don't know like I feel like social media has kind of like set a deep like craving in our hearts to like know and like know and be known and Mm -hmm. like if we didn't have that like what would our generation be would it just be like like all the other generations before us because I feel like our generation is a little bit different because we have had the smartphone because we've had something that has like set a deep craving in our hearts to like 
know and be known and like yeah. Yeah. I don't know like it's set like a false sense of community yeah. like really good. I, I kind of agree that maybe I wouldn't press the button because going because <laughs> if if we went back in time if we went back in time and destroyed it or never created it like we would just create something else that would be similar to that so instead of like destroying it I think we should like use it as a turning point like today to like turn people's heads away from the things of the world and like focus them towards God. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I just have one more thing. Um, as we were talking about the light, there's um, a year ago at the Passion Conference, Sadie Robertson did this analogy and she had the entire stadium light on their flashlights, right? And to represent them showing the light of Christ to the world. Um, and then she told them to flip on the selfie cam. And the second that happened, all the lights turn off because with the smartphone, you can't be shining the light and you cannot be facing yourself at the same time. So I think that's our reminder that we cannot be focusing on ourselves, focusing on social media, focusing on the things that keep us to ourselves. We have to go out and continue to shine that light. Mm -hmm. And that's the sacrifice is we aren't going to be self-serving. Yeah. That's good. I think we should end on that. This was a really fruitful conversation. Um, I love your parting thought. We can't push the button. So what are we going to do instead? And I'll just leave that to anyone that's listening.